Hi, Layal. Welcome to the second episode of The Real You Show. Thank you for having me. I'm Thank actually very so honored to be the second guest, especially when you asked me. Um, yeah, very humbled, but very like inspired by this initiative. And I think that being someone to be in this world and journey with you is a privilege of mine to be here. Thank you so much for accepting the invitation. And before we go directly into it, mm-hmm. um, when I first reached out to you, there was a very interesting reaction that you had. Yeah. When I approached you and invited you to be a guest on the show, mm-hmm. um, and I told you about, obviously, the theme and the concept of the show, you said, oh, wow, are you really ready to hear about who I really am? Yes. And that's very interesting. Because from the little period that I've known you, obviously, there are three key things that I picked up on. Mm-hmm. And feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> Go ahead. But since I've known you, obviously, I could tell that you are an extreme mental health advocate. Mm-hmm. You are a social entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you are a Marathi hybrid. Mm-hmm. And um, you are more than just a content creator. Yeah, correct. And so these are four descriptions that kind of you know, describe who Salah Al-Break is. But what I'm more interested in is to know what makes you who you really are today. What led you to be who you are today? It is, like I told you when you had first asked me and I said, are you ready to come on this journey with me and this ride with me? It is one that is quite a long journey. It wasn't something that came easy for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I think... To answer your question, I have to kind of step back and go into more childhood and how I was raised and how I was brought up. So saying that I'm an Emirati hybrid is just because I feel like we have been blessed to you know, be in a generation where we've seen and witnessed so much change. Yeah. And we've seen a lot of influences coming from all parts of the world. There's Western influence and Eastern influence. Right. And I was lucky enough to grow up uh, amongst many different cultures, many different religions and sects, uh, all all kind of living more or less in harmony here. And it was definitely a, a bubble that we were in. You know, they call it sometimes the Dubai bubble or the UAE bubble. Right. And so while I was growing up, I thought this, you know, this harmonious place that I was from kind of coexisted and in, in every home, in every uh, border or land that was, you know, beyond where we would... Uh, we would be living in and so whilst i was growing up i think in high school that's when the 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 cracks started to appear because mm-hmm. what had happened was is i had spent a couple of summers um i've done a couple of um programs as well overseas and i slowly realized um that not by my own choice mm-hmm. but by people telling me that i was different you know whether it was um Uh, where I'm from, Mm -hmm. whether it was my religion, Mm -hmm. whether it was my way of thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, And it only started when I had started, you know, going outside the bubble that I was living in that I realized, oh, so it's not like everyone thinks the same way I do. Or, oh, I thought we all um, had this kind of like equal level of seeing people we didn't see color we don't see religion we don't see anything but i realized that wasn't the same when it was uh, with external influences when i used to go out beautiful so i think obviously as a teenager growing up you started to feel that peer pressure of i don't want to be different so let me assimilate to everything that is around me and and let me try to be liked by everyone around me 
And so I started to, you know, really latch on to any different group that I was with at the time. So okay. if you you can ask me any question or any different types of personas that you can think of, um, and I was probably a part of this group. So, right. you know, the, uh, so and, and I had a new group of friends every now and then because every now and then I just didn't feel like I knew who I was. And so I was just latching on to different people. Interesting. Um, just so that I can be assimilated into their group, for mm-hmm. example. So that's when I started seeing that, you know, differences were, or I, I realized at that time when I was young, differences were a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And I shouldn't be different. I should just be, uh, you know, quote unquote normal mm-hmm. and just fit in with everyone else. And this, which we can delve into even even more, or further kind of was a was a like a uh, a trickle effect that kind of took me through not just my teenage years but even when I went to university even in my 20s mm-hmm. and it wasn't until that I hit the age of 30 literally woke up when I turned 30 which I'm turning 35 this month um in 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 April uh so if that this is five years ago did I realize and I just said actually being different is probably the biggest blessing you can be and you have to embrace. The My ideas are different and that's okay. My businesses are different and that's okay. That's my ambitions are different and that's okay. My upbringing is different and that's okay. And so I really started to own who I was and, 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 and how I came to be who I am today. And one of the things that you mentioned was like a which is a, being a mental health advocate. Yeah, yeah. That was one of the things that brought me to that point because I was, and again, we can go into this further, mm-hmm. but I was um, in therapy from the age of 18 up until wow. the age of 30. Wow. And so it coincides, you know, you see, a, you see that I kind of, not I stopped, but let's say I paused my therapy journey at the age of 30 because I reached this graduation phase mm-hmm. even my therapist said as i think you're i think you're, you're good to go now. kid you're, you're ready, ready now. now go into the world and whenever you need to we're always here to support you mm-hmm. since then i haven't yeah and gone back um not to say that i haven't had ups and downs like any no, any other normal human being right but um but i think it's a mix of therapy embracing you know wanting to raise awareness about how much it has changed my life and helped my life realizing that being different is actually a good thing Mm -hmm. and thinking different is actually not something that you should be scared about you know it's beautiful that you brought this up because in the first episode with Mm -hmm. our first guest rami Mm -hmm. zaidan he also talked openly about therapy yeah and he said it was one of the best experiences he's ever encountered in his life and he said therapy is so misunderstood right And it was, you know, one of the reactions I had given him at the time was that we live in a very difficult world, mm-hmm. um, you know, COVID and post-COVID, um, you know, kind of changed a lot in every single individual. Yeah, A lot of people went through dark places. Of course. A lot of people, you know, changed, the, the you know, their lifestyle and, and, and how they view life. And you're saying, you know, I started therapy at the age of 18. Mm-hmm. And that is a, that's a very bold statement to say because you had therapy for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of brings me to two questions. Mm-hmm. Is that one of the reasons why you are such a mental health advocate? Mm-hmm. Since I've known you and in the little short period of time that I've known you, mm-hmm. I realized how much compassion you have. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of compassion towards a lot of different individuals that are very different. Yeah. Um, you know, compassion is not just about being kind to the less fortunate but it's also about you know treating people that are 
not feeling well, mm-hmm. that are not doing well, that maybe might be slightly more aggressive than others, you mm-hmm. always treat them with so much kindness. Mm-hmm. And I realized that about you more and more as I saw you interacting with different personalities and personas. Mm-hmm. So that brings me to two questions. Mm-hmm. Question number one is, is it because you because you were brought up to be so different and you made peace with the fact that you are different, you thought... I will have compassion towards all kinds of personalities because mm. everyone is going through something. Yeah. And the second question is, did you need therapy because you were going through a whirlwind of a different upbringing, who you are, who you wanted to be, mm. trying to find yourself, mm. and that made you more of a mental health advocate? Two very different answers. So the first one, the way I look at people or the way that I see the world... I think through therapy, the beautiful thing about therapy is the self-awareness, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're forced to look into yourself, the, yeah. the, like the depths of yourself. And it's tough. Like you you have this like love-hate relationship with your own psyche. Mm-hmm. And you have to realize that we all come with an ego. Mm-hmm. And sometimes with our upbringing, which by the way, I was very fortunate and thankful that with, with my specific parents, they were very open to therapy, which mm-hmm. not a lot of not people lot from of people. this, not just this region, but I think a, a lot of regions, maybe it depends on the um the generation that you're you're born in yeah you know that it was kind of like acceptable Mm -hmm. but my parents were very for it and they said you know whatever is whatever feeds your soul go and do it Mm -hmm. you know um and uh my my i think the the the, that openness but also with my mom Mm -hmm. she said a very important thing uh when I was starting my journey and and that will lead to the second answer to your the second question but my mom said um if if God, you know, not if, but God is all powerful and mm-hmm. almighty, mm-hmm. Right? right? Whether it's God, whether it's Allah, yeah. whether it's the 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 the, the mighty power, whatever um, religion believes in, but uh, if He is all powerful and almighty, could have easily created the same person over and over again right. that believed in the same thing over and over again. Beautiful. So she told me there's a reason why we're all different. Mm-hmm. It's because we're not we're not supposed to hate each other. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to learn from each other. She mm-hmm. says, don't you see that difference is beauty mm-hmm. and God created us all of us to be different because mm-hmm. we're here to learn and grow together and build a home together. Right. So that being told as a teenager... I didn't really, obviously, you know, when you're a teenager, it just kind of it doesn't resonate. It doesn't resonate, but the more every, you know, I, as I get older, it resonates more and more. Right. And so, th- going into therapy again, that was that was that was kind of my mentality. And then, um, what I realized is like when I was doing the self awareness and I was looking into myself, mm-hmm. I realized that you know what, um, I had my good days, I have my bad days, mm-hmm. but no one really understood what was happening in here mm-hmm. or in here. And so immediately what happened is, and it wasn't like a overnight, but mm-hmm. over time, I realized that everyone is going through a specific battle. Oh, yes. And so who am I to judge someone based on an encounter? Mm-hmm. And it's not just someone that you you know work with or in your family or anything like that. It could even be someone that you just met in the street that's an acquaintance or even just a random person. Everyone has bad days, you know, mm-hmm. and everyone has good days. So accept and just be open be compassionate be you know just give energy i guess freely Mm -hmm. you know and be who you are authentically and then that's you know you whether you get it back or not it's not yours to 
take back or go. It's 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 more about you. You know, you're yeah. just it's how you represent yourself to others. Right. And then sometimes you'd be lucky enough that someone gives you that same energy and clicks. Mm-hmm. Maybe like m- me and you, for yeah. example. Yeah. Or, or sometimes you don't get that energy, but then it's not it's not a bad thing. Like right. I said, everyone has a good day and a bad day. Of course. Um, but that's I think to answer your first question, how I look at everyone kind of compassionately. Mm-hmm. I think that's how because I realized that. Um, in, you know, I had to look into myself and realize that everyone is facing a battle, so I shouldn't judge them. Mm-hmm. And then to your uh, second question, um, when it comes to, you know, the, 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 the reasons of wanting to kind of go into therapy, it was twofold, uh, twofold. So it was one of them where I just, as a teenager, I was just growing up, just realizing that, you know, uh, why can't I, you know, find my tribe? Mm-hmm. Why can't I find wow. my group? Mm-hmm. Why can't I find a belonging? I don't understand. Were you looking for happiness or were you looking for belonging? I was looking for belonging. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find it because what happened was is that um, I had you know moved through so many different circles of friends mm-hmm. that I didn't really feel like I fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was traveling and coming back and forth. Okay. And even in my university, I didn't really fit. So I was very much like a lone wolf from the age of 18 till probably like 24. Mm-hmm. So for six years of my life, I just felt like, is it me? Am I, you know, is is something wrong with me? So I think wow. that was more of the the conversations I wanted to speak aloud to someone and wow. seek that kind of uh, therapy. And, and, uh, and through therapy, I realized that this like feeling of belonging, it was a more deep... Um, deeper conversation that I had to have with myself, Mm -hmm. which is um, uh, to let go of the need to be, to feel like I belong because I'm not comfortable with my own skin. Yeah. That was the problem. That is so beautiful. Um, Wow. (laughs) I feel like there's a lot of different discussions we can have around that because to your point, the need of feeling to belong the need to be validated and mm-hmm. seen. But also in a lot of cases, there is always that discussion of different people telling you, I want to be happy, yeah. right? And then you ask, but why aren't you happy? And people will give you all sorts of answers. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not happy with my circle of friends. I'm mm-hmm. not happy in my job. I'm not happy because I haven't found my partner yet. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting because happiness really, you know, as you grow up and you get older, and that was really something I learned myself, which is happiness comes from within, Mm -hmm. right? Everything else is secondary. That latches onto completing the piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. But happiness is really how you look at things. And you choose every single day to say, you know, this is my happiness. This is good for me. Mm -hmm. This isn't good for me. And you said something very interesting. You said, we can't be happy all the time. We have our good and our bad days. And Mm -hmm. so what brings me to the next question is, what were your most memorable bad days? Mm. Okay. If I were to, I call them trigger days. Mm -hmm. You know, because uh, the way that, and I'm hopefully like by talking about this, it raises you know, maybe interest for people who are listening to seek therapy, but mm-hmm. for those who are interested and who are listening. So f- the way I see therapy is that uh, you go in with a toolbox mm-hmm. and the toolbox is empty. 
and you sit with a therapist that can assist you by giving you relevant tools mm -hmm. that will basically help you navigate through your bad days. Right. Um, and you use those tools during the bad days. Mm -hmm. But what are bad days? They're just triggers, mm -hmm. if, essentially. So... I would say I went through 12 years of therapy. So I have a good old 12-year-old toolbox with right. a lot of my my tools in there that I can kind of like identify. Um, so some of, I would say, the bad um, or, or like the memorable bad days is, uh, you know, at, at one point, for example, where I had... Um, you know, I'm, I'm the eldest of four boys. Maybe I should have said that as well. So I'm the eldest of four boys. We're four boys. Mm -hmm. um, my parents um, and my mom was lucky enough. She says she has five boys because it's the four of us and my dad that she ends up apparently has to raise. Uh, but she but we're a very close knit family. And um, like every family, you know, you go through ups and downs and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So I think one of the days where... Uh, um, you know, my father, I, I wanted to go for a master's degree, I remember, and I wanted back when I was uh, graduating at the age of 21. And it was the financial crisis mm -hmm. at the time, uh, it was 2009. Right. And um, obviously, my, my dad, being an entrepreneur, had to really get his hands down and dirty and, and to try and fix it. So essentially, you know, he was, he's such a great father and role model that he would never tell us no or anything mm -hmm. like that to anything, specifically education. Mm -hmm. But I remember that day was very hard on him because he said, you can't, we can't, you can't go for further education right now, maybe later, wow. but for now you need to come home because you need, we need to look after the family because mm -hmm. this crisis is hitting everyone mm -hmm. and we're at risk. Right. And so at the age of 21, you know, coming back, you think you're going to have the, the world is your oyster, right? Oh, you just yeah. graduated. And what ended up happening was my dad had to basically, uh, you know, look after his businesses that I was put as kind of like the head of the family mm -hmm. in, in, in his office here in, 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 in the country mm -hmm. uh, because his businesses were primarily abroad. Mm -hmm. So he had to travel and kind of look after that, those businesses. The reason why I'm saying that this was one of the this is one of the periods where it was quite um uh, you know, quite tough on me was at the time, how I'm speaking about it right now, it's more logical. But as mm -hmm. a 21 year old, what you thought was my life has paused. Mm -hmm. um, I have responsibilities, I have responsibilities now. now. Right. I was getting called into different types. Right. My, my father was very much in the uh, real estate industry mm -hmm. and the financial crisis obviously affected the real estate industry. If you remember in 2009. Yeah. So I was I was like battling cases as a 21 year old left and right wow. with different lawyers, you know? Um, and so in my head, I was thinking to myself, like, why me? You know, mm -hmm. is it because I'm the eldest? Is mm -hmm. it because, uh, is it, you know, is it because, uh, uh you know, I, I was raised the toughest mm -hmm. or, um, you know, or is it just my luck? Mm -hmm. and, and so that really from the age of 21, and I think overall it took about two years to three years until things stabilized but my entire life for those two to three years uh stopped mm -hmm. it completely froze it was on hold, um, it was on hold. Wow. um and so that really took a toll on me as a young 20 something year old because i thought i thought i blamed people specifically right. at that time it was more my father more mm -hmm. like the world more mm -hmm. what was happening why me i'm supposed to be living my 20s mm -hmm. but what ended up happening was i grew up faster than i um, thought I was going to. Yeah, I took up more responsibilities. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, uh, um, 
good things that came out of it. I started my first business at that time. So there were a lot of good things that happened. And I don't think if I didn't go through that bad moment or bad phase, did I... did I was I going to have enough courage to kind of go into the world and be like okay well you know what I'm at rock bottom it can't get worse than this right so the only way I can go is up right so I had to really dig deep and I was in therapy at the same time and I was like I need to dig deep no one can help me but myself the therapist is there to guide you Mm -hmm. but no one's going to save you it's your own decision it's your own decision and so I pulled up my sleeves I literally got a mood board like a vision board and I just started writing down and I said I want to open my first company and this is what I want to achieve. Beautiful. And six months later, I opened it and I was my, I started my entrepreneur journey from there. That is so nice that you brought this up because mm. that gives, and obviously that's what the platform was designed for, yeah. um, for people to come here and really talk about what makes them who they are today. But for everyone out there who's listening, you know, everyone who's probably sitting there is going to take one or another life advice with them, right? Yeah. In the episode before that, I had so many different reactions of people actually thanking me and saying, your guest was very inspirational because he openly talked about therapy. He openly talked about what makes a good, happy family. Mm. And in your case, it's really talking about, you know, I sat down, I brought a vision board or I brought Mm. a mood board and Mm. I started writing, Mm. writing my goals and my objectives, Mm -hmm. right? And because we live in such a difficult world, my first question to you is, what was the most important life lesson you took away at mm. the time, at the age of 21, when mm. you were suddenly um, told that you have all these responsibilities as the head of the family in the absence of your dad and you need to take care of all the businesses now? Mm. What was the number one lesson you learned out of it that you may not have noticed at the time, but mm. as you grew out of it or mm. as you grew into it, mm. when you look back and you say, this really taught me something. Mm. So what did it teach you? It- taught me and I think it teaches it taught me and it taught me about others that we're a lot stronger than we think we are mm-hmm. you know you 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 think that you are human mm-hmm. and we are fragile but we're actually not mm-hmm. um it taught me that you know life can change in the blink of an eye which it did right. and it doesn't break you mm-hmm. it could pull you down but Beautiful. it will break you. You you kind of are the captain to your life, you know. Nice. You sit. You 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 kind of steer the direction of where you're going, mm-hmm. and it's fine to be down. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that it's not fine. It's fine to have the bad days, and it's fine because you really need to be in your emotions mm-hmm. in order to realize what you're gonna do to never go back there again. Right. If that makes sense. Completely. And when you sat down and you said, okay, I'm in this really difficult place of my life, Mm. but now it's time for me to take action. You sat down and you made a mood board. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm I'm a firm believer in mood boards, Mm. by the way. (laughs) So I still have them until today and I change them every once in a while. So um, talk to me a little bit about, because not everyone believes in mood boards, obviously, but other people watching this will resonate and say, okay, Saleh sat down and said, I'm going to take action, yeah. right? I'm going to talk about and force myself into the next big thing yeah. or the best upcoming decision, right? So when you sat down and you started flawlessly writing, mm-hmm. was it with the intent to um, prove to yourself you can do even more than what you just handled? Mm. Or was it with, I'm done with this, I'm exhausted, okay, lesson learned, responsibilities taken, now it's my turn. 
mm. and I want to turn my life around. Mm. Which one was it? It was more of the second. Mm-hmm. I was, um, and 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 during this sit down, let's go back to that day that I turned thirty because yes. this is this also resonates. But uh, being the eldest. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in, in our household, at least, I was very used to, I never said no. Mm-hmm. Someone would ask for a piece of me, I'd never say no. And you still don't, by the way. <laughs> and I still don't. It's yeah. a learning, it's yeah. a learning yeah. process. Yeah. Um, so I kept on freely giving, freely giving, freely giving. Mm-hmm. When this thing happened, the financial crisis happened, I never said no. Mm-hmm. And I was going and I was going and I was going with it and it was just years. So you feel like the pieces of you, you know, you're you're not a whole person because you've just been giving so much. So I think what happened at that time was I had this realization and I and I maybe sometimes I look in the mirror too long, but I was looking in the mirror and this is because that, that's when I really they say when you look at yourself through through your own eyes, you mm-hmm. see you see a lot, and, and if you, you see stare, the real you, yes, 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 you do, um, and you and you you see the pain, you see the happiness, you see yeah. everything, yeah. And so I was looking myself in the mirror, and then I realized I said, "Oh, I actually don't see anything." Wow. And I don't see me, mm-hmm. and that's when it started to be like, "Okay, take a step back," mm-hmm. um, and ask a very you think it's a very easy question, but who am I? Wow. And so I took down that mood board and I just said, there was this gut feeling that I said, it's my turn now. Mm -hmm. And then I just, I couldn't explain it, but I felt like I was meant to do something. Mm -hmm. At that specific point in time, I was meant to create something. Right. And ironically, um, coming from a teenager who felt so lost and didn't know where he belonged, I ended up creating a company Mm -hmm. for others who felt lost and who didn't feel belonging. You know, so I basically, my, 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 it just, I took a whole, it's like a 360 Mm -hmm. when it was a, basically a small boutique agency that I had opened up Mm -hmm. for talented individuals Mm -hmm. that lived in the UAE Mm -hmm. to kind of, come together find a place to call home and what i would do is i would do uh workshops for them i'd uh, wow. i'd get opportunities paid opportunities through different corporations uh charity work um and it's funny that all these individuals are so different and they would have never met otherwise but the, the boutique agency created a database of of um I would say what turned into family. Uh-huh. And so I found my tribe eventually. That is um, beautiful. And so that's why I feel like, I feel like that's what the, the thing was. It's the, the journey of not feeling the belonging to end up creating something that I finally felt belonging and others felt belonging. In. I think right. I wouldn't have done it if I didn't feel that initially. That is you beautiful. I mean? yeah. That is beautiful because you just really closed the loop on the what you started the the episode with that you never felt like you had a sense of belonging with every tribe or circle of friends Mm. that you were in and then you had to go through such a difficult path in your life at the age of 21 Mm. with responsibilities you know hailing down on you Mm -hmm. to create something for people to find themselves yeah and then you found your tribe yeah you found your friend circle right i found myself Right. Through it, if that makes sense. Obviously, yeah, yeah, you did. So when you say I found myself, mm. who are you? So I, I mean, it kind of goes back to the things that you had also mentioned. Right. Like I am an 
Imarati hybrid. You mm-hmm. know, I love the fact that my mom and dad are from two different tribes, mm-hmm. from two different sects. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, uh, of 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 their you know of their religion um, as Muslims, um, which is something I was always shy of or even you know scared to mention out loud or anything like that. But wow. I take pride in it wow. um, and their history and where they're from mm-hmm. and their backgrounds. Uh, I take pride in knowing more than one language, you know, because mm-hmm. at the time, um, you know, when, when I was growing up as a teenager, you would kind of feel ashamed if you w- were only speaking English or even if you were only speaking Arabic, you right. you had to kind of choose your side. But mm-hmm. then I was like, no, I'm actually a, a combination of all of these things and, you know, differences. Um so, so definitely, you know, being a, a, a being a an Emirati hybrid, and then also going back to being that mental health advocate, I just mm-hmm. think it's such a beautiful. I think therapy and learning about you know raising awareness about mental health is so beautiful, and it helps and saves lives throughout the world. Oh, yeah. That I think we don't speak about it enough, mm-hmm. and I think more men need to speak about it specifically, right. um, specifically in this region. Mm-hmm. I'm saying specifically a lot, but especially yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in yeah. this region, mm-hmm. um, I think more men need to speak about it. And so that's why I've always been kind of that kind of reminder that it's actually not such a bad thing to talk about. It's not taboo. It's mm-hmm. self help. Help is not weakness. Yeah, you, you know, you can go and especially during COVID and post COVID, we yes. started to hear, you know, from people. Yes. More and more so, it yeah. was leadership, executives, you know, all kinds of different individuals from all kinds of religions, from all kinds of background. Everybody talk, started talking about the, you know, the, the help they got out of therapy. And therapy yeah. can be so many different things, yeah. right? Um, it, it, it doesn't necessarily mean going to a psychiatrist or a psychologist or, you know, just going to a healer or you mm-hmm. name it, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody defines therapy as to what they've experienced yeah. and um it's so beautiful that you are openly talking as a male mm. as a man mm. in our society mm. as an arab man mm. uh, about the fact that it's okay you know it's yeah. okay for you not to feel good it's okay not you know looking in, into the mirror and not knowing who you are and saying okay i'm you know i'm going to go to therapy because i need someone to guide me yeah right to find myself yeah um which a lot of people are struggling with yeah um, a lot of people today that I know, that you know, that we hear of, are people that are really struggling today in finding their calling, yeah. finding what makes them who they are. Um, you know, in the in the episode before that, I was I was asking, you know, Rami, one of our guests, are people really happy on social media? And he said, mm-hmm. but that's not what social media is meant to be about, mm-hmm. right? So that's why the platform was created. It's really for people to sit here and say, I've been through difficult times. They've shaped me who, who I am today, right? I need to. I had to get help to get there. Mm-hmm. But guess what? I made it. Yeah. To get there, I had to sit down. I had a mood board. I wrote next steps and it took me to my breakthrough. Yeah. So would you say you made it? I, fi- I feel like I found myself, mm-hmm. which is how I consider or what my criteria is for making it, mm-hmm. is I finally... Um, not just found myself in who I am, but mm-hmm. I'm comfortable in my own skin. Nice. You know, yes. I've, um, going to that thing that I was mentioning about turning 30. Mm-hmm. So what had happened was if we were to just kind of like a chapter is, you know, um, going through the, that, you know, 21 to 23 age 
opening up my company, my first company, finding kind of my tribe, mm-hmm. um, you know, leading up to the end of my 20s, thankfully finding my tribe, but not, you know, so checklist maybe for the belonging part, mm-hmm. but also the self, self-awareness self and self-discovery was still kind of like a work in progress. Right. It wasn't until I was, that I turned 30 that I just woke up and I said, um, enough is enough. Right. I'm tired of, I, I actually consider that in my entire 20s was given to others. Mm-hmm. I wow. gave, you know, that's a decade, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and I said, I'm not going to go through another decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, life is too short. I'm just going to say no mm-hmm. <laughs> in a very polite way <laughs> and then just receive for me. Mm-hmm. And then I considered it and I, I actually told people, because I kept on going on about it. I said, selfless doesn't, you know, when you're, sorry, when you're being selfish doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Exactly. You know, sometimes you need to be a little selfish because mm-hmm. if you can't take care of you, how are you meant to take care of others? And, oh, I got a lot of backlash at that time. I was going to ask when you. I, right? When I started saying no. No. Uh, lost lost friends. Mm-hmm. Did you uh, burn bridges? Yep. A lot of bridges were, were burned down. And it was because I realized that um, not a lot of people liked hearing the word no. True. <laughs> you know, and, and it's not... I couldn't be upset at at the the people that I I lost during mm-hmm. this stage of my life because uh, I had enabled them mm-hmm. and I had been the one you know saying yes and giving my energy very freely without asking for anything in return. Yeah, until um, you said now it's until time I said to it's, do. It's my turn. What's best for yeah. me? Yeah, um, and uh, and uh, I you know like I said I said selfish isn't really a bad thing but in right. their mind they were like oh no he's changed you've changed mm-hmm. this is different mm-hmm. why are you being selfish mm-hmm. why is this why can't you be like the old you we like the older you right because you, you were giving so much of yourself yes uh, yeah. and um and this is by the way like even um like it was even within my close family unit you know, they saw a change and they started getting, they started getting scared. They're like, you're not the same person that we knew, you know, you're, you're, you're being different. Why are you? And, and I would love to say that this revelation at the age of 30 came with such a uh, great morning where the birds were singing and it was so positive. (laughs) But uh, unfortunately, I was very angry. Mm -hmm. I was angry and I just wanted me time. Mm -hmm. And I was angry at other people where I should have actually just, I was actually really angry at myself mm-hmm. for allowing it. But wow. but unfortunately, I took it out at, at, on the wrong people. Okay. And that's why bridges were burnt. It was, it was because when people started realizing that I was, you know, different, I wasn't doing it in a very, like, uh, nice way sometimes. Mm-hmm. I was doing it as a, an, in, in an aggressive way. Because as, you were trying to find yourself. Yes. Yeah. And I was, and I kind of... Mm, uh, I'm trying to find the right word because people will be listening to this. <laughs> um, but but we've we've made peace. But essentially, I was blaming the most people closest to me, right. and I was telling them, "You guys failed me. Mm-hmm. You guys took Too m- my twenties yeah. from me. Yeah, you made me. You know, and this is going back to." Uh, and I can I can openly say this. It was going back to my parents. Mm-hmm. 
you know, my father, you took my 20s from me when I was, you know, just graduated and, you know, you stopped my life for like three years, for example. Um, some of my closest friends, you know, you took and you took and nobody ever asked how I'm doing. Yeah. And it wasn't fair to them mm -hmm. because uh, I could have easily just talked through it mm -hmm. with them before, but it was that build up to the age of 30 where it just was kind of like a volcano that erupted. Right. And so going back to your question, yes, bridges were burnt, mm -hmm. but then I had to carefully after that had happened, uh, realized which ones I had to rebuild and which mm -hmm. ones I unfortunately, not, not that I couldn't, but sometimes it just, it didn't happen because the other party had just walked out. Right. Mm. Uh, that is very true. Mm. Once you find yourself, and that happened to me as well, obviously, mm. once you find yourself, there are people that will no longer stick around. Yeah. Because they cannot accept that, what we call the real version of you, because mm -hmm. we found ourselves, mm -hmm. right? They will say, but you've changed, mm -hmm. you know, and that doesn't, that doesn't work for me. We're not the same anymore. And they'll walk off. Yeah. And that's what happened to you, yeah. right? If you could rewind mm -hmm. to the age of 18 to 30, mm -hmm. what is the one word of advice you would give your younger self? I would tell myself that um, actually the real you mm -hmm. is such a beautiful person. Wow. You know, you're, you don't necessarily need to be surrounded by people. You don't need validation. Wow. You don't need to feel acceptance. Um, you know, you don't need to feel doubt. You don't need to self-hate. Mm -hmm. You know, you're actually, you're unique. Mm -hmm. And because you're unique, that's all you need. Like, you don't, you don't need, you don't need anything from an external perspective. You just need internal and then the good comes right after that yes. so i wish if i could go back i would tell myself because i think that would have saved <laughs> a lot of years <laughs> for myself personally but but i don't regret right what's the hardest thing you ever had to do in life or that the hardest decision you ever had to take in your life I turned 30 uh, was also the same year I got divorced mm -hmm. and so that was a hard decision mm -hmm. um, because uh, I was in everyone who was with me in my 20s were with was with was around someone else in a way, there were just many layers. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't, I didn't come into the real me. Mm -hmm. I didn't find myself. I didn't find my, um, what makes me tick, what makes me happy, what makes, you know, everything. And so I was just, you know, trying to do right by so many people and just you know, doing what is expected of me, mm -hmm. being the eldest, being mm -hmm. in a Emirati household, mm -hmm. you know, being an Arab, being a male, bring mm -hmm. all of these things. So I was very much uh, playing the part. If you looked at me from the outside and if you follow me on social media, picture perfect life. Right. Um, but 
like I said, it was just, I was just losing myself and all what nobody knows also until today, not even my closest friends is that, um, every time I'd leave the office, every time I'd leave a gathering, every time I was alone, I would just break Mm -hmm. because I would feel like, uh, you know, I'd feel like I didn't have any energy left. Mm -hmm. I felt like, like I said, I gave everything Mm -hmm. and I felt like nothing for you and I left nothing for me. So I didn't. And again, I always say looking back in the mirror, when I look back in the mirror, I just say, it's okay. I got into the point where, to be honest, Leal, to the point where, like close when I was gonna about to turn 30, where it got very dark and I told myself, it's okay, maybe next life. Wow. That's how, where my brain went. I said, maybe next life, things would be better. Like if we believe in that. Mm-hmm. I, maybe for me personally, yeah. I was it was yeah. how I was coping. Because it was so, you couldn't see the light no, at I the w- end of the tunnel. So you thought maybe in the afterlife probably you would maybe or, or you know how they say and he they say right. and then don't worry صح. you'll get your dues صح. you're being so giving and yeah. that's what actually a lot of people told me when i would when i'd go and try to voice it to them they'd be like it's okay whatever you're doing this is how i'm telling it's a test so but then i kept on saying how long is this test gonna last right i just feel like i'm not i'm not passing in life mm-hmm. so that did was did you it. find yourself after the divorce yeah and COVID helped, I feel. It was tough on tough on me and tough like uh, on, on many people, mm-hmm. but I was forced to be alone. Right. So when you're forced to be alone, you don't have anyone to give your energy to. Absolutely. And then I realized I'm actually not a bad guy. I actually like things. I know what movies I like. Yeah. I know what shows I like. Yeah. I... Something so silly. I thought my favorite color was red. It's actually blue. You know, something so <laughs> yeah, so minuscule. Yeah, yeah. But that, I, I can relate, right? You because know, when you yeah. when you find yourself, you go through moments of I'm starting, I'm feeling lonely, and mm-hmm. then as you go through that stage, you also realize after you wake up, there's actually a lot of things that you know I didn't like, but now I know what I like. Yeah. I like a different color. Yeah. I like a different outing. Yes. I like different kinds of personalities. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 you know, I read different books. I, I watch different movies, like you rightfully said. I like my own company. Right. That's something that changed right. a lot. You love your solitude. Yeah. And now my friends beg me to go out with right. them and I'm just stuck <laughs> at home the whole time watching Netflix. But, you know, just, just liking your own company. I think that was something that I never... And I was too scared yeah. to be alone. You enjoyed your now. You enjoy now your I, solitude. Now I love, I love my alone time. That <laughs> is that was so powerful, mm. Saleh. And obviously, we could go on for hours to talk about our so- solitude, about what made us who mm. we are today. You and I, we've been able off air to catch up a lot on life. Yeah, you know, and the struggles we go through. Sometimes it cannot be picture perfect all the time. Sorry. And I just really wanted to thank you first of all for accepting the invitation no, to come. Of to the second episode of The Real You Show. And really, you know, because you are a social media influencer Mm -hmm. and because you have a huge follower base, you have a big network, um, it's not picture perfect. The Saleh that we see on social media today is actually a person who had to go through a decade of struggles. A person who had to change his life upside down at the age of 30, Mm -hmm. right? And that came at the cost of burning bridges as well. Mm -hmm. So for 
people who can relate and who are watching you today, mm-hmm. what is the one word of advice that you would like to give them? Awareness, mm-hmm. I think, is would be the one word. Because I think once you are aware of your surroundings, mm-hmm. you're aware of your emotions, right. that's the most powerful thing you yeah. can have and can use. Mm-hmm. Because we walk through life day in, day out. Mm-hmm. Our schedule from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep. And we lose days in the blink of an eye. Right. And we are not aware of our emotions. We don't ha- spend time understanding how we feel or how things make us feel. Mm-hmm. I think awareness is one of the most powerful things mm-hmm. that you and those who are listening should incorporate because even if it's just once in a blue moon where you mm-hmm. just sit in your own space and become aware of how you're feeling and then dissect if it's good or bad and then dissect that further and become more aware mm-hmm. is when you will see changes in your life and without which you'll just be existing, you won't be living. Beautifully said. Thank you so much, Saleh. It was you. such an honor, such a pleasure. And it, it was just so genuine having you here. The pleasure and is mine. And hopefully that won't be the last time. No. Thank you so much. Maybe. Co-hosting, <laughs> definitely. would love that. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you Raya. so much, Saleh. Thank you.